Mysterious Circumstances is an American Crimecast production. Remember, everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Hey everybody, this is Justin, back with another episode of Mysterious Circumstances Podcast. Welcome to the show, uh, all you new listeners, hello, all you old ones, hello again. Uh, we got a pretty good case for you today, it's a pretty interesting one that has been on the list for quite a long time that I am just now getting to, and uh, Stephen, this is your episode uh, from southern Indiana where this case actually takes place. He was actually involved in the search for this young lady before she was found. Uh, I do apologize about taking so long to get to it. But before I go on with the case, I would like to go ahead and acknowledge a couple reviews. Uh, the first one being these uh, all being from the USA, which would be Sig Sig Signify. Uh, gave me three out of five stars. I will take that. It's better than a kick in the balls, you know. Uh, it says not bad. It says not great, not bad, nothing flashy, just a guy is researching his microphone. Pretty straightforward. I like it. Um, well, I suppose at the end of the day, that's all any podcast ever really is, is somebody with a microphone and some research. So I will take that as a as an A plus there. Next one's from Lisa R. Wild. Uh, got five stars. Says love the show. Love, love, love. And... Lisa R. Wild, this show loves you right back. Thank you very much. Next one would be five stars from Gentleland. Says, great podcast. Says, such a great podcast. Found it on accident, and I'm sure pleased I did. Binged all the episodes. Um, says, they actually like my cursing, and that if somebody doesn't like it, to F off. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate that, although I am trying to currently watch my language. I'm trying to appeal to more listeners, so um, every now and then I will slip. There will be some F-bombs every now and then, but I am definitely trying to cut back quite a bit. Uh, next one being from Rhonda MB. Uh, says, one of my favorites. Love the topics and a good delivery, and thank you very much. I appreciate that immensely. I appreciate all the all the reviews you guys drop. I really do. Uh, I get a kick out of reading some of them. Some of them are pretty interesting. Uh, next one is from Canada, and it is from Gretna. It says, excellent podcast. Uh, it says, I present uh, pretty interesting cases. Some you've heard, some you haven't. I usually tend to go more towards the uh, unheard of ones, but I do get a lot of requests for uh, more well-known cases that I am trying to to crack open here recently this year. Uh, uh, so it just says I do a really good ro- uh, job on the research and uh, says I have a good-natured personality and is great to listen to. Um, I am actually extremely full of personality. You should see me in real life. It's, it's pr- I'm a pretty interesting person. Uh, extremely charismatic, actually. Ha. Not to toot my own horn or nothing, but there it was. Next one is from Shilag or Shilag and I actually remember this person leaving a review of like two stars way back in the day and they said I was a uh, monotone and made them fall asleep I believe um, 
And actually, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this one. It's pretty good. Just because they actually came back and gave me five stars. And it says, uh, this podcast has always been interesting, but late this host has really blossomed. Uh, the topics are as interesting as ever, but the host has really grown and even laughs now, which I am actually getting a little bit more comfortable in front of the microphone, which which does help. Yeah, it says, I like the listener co-hosted episodes, and the host is very generous with help and advice for the new guest host, which is uh, incredibly generous. Uh, it says, I love the new podcast picture, and I'll keep... Uh, keep listening for more great shows and it says please pardon my last review i was tired and confused and then too embarrassed to look at it again till the night thanks and keep up the great work well i appreciate you coming back and uh giving me five stars again and i'm glad you kept on listening to the podcast and you know i'm glad you eventually figured out that it did not end because i believe that was one of your parts of the review too yeah I do have a pretty decent memory, but I'm pretty sure that was the right one. Um, I have gotten a couple emails about my language, which I am totally okay, like I said, with cutting back on the language a little bit. There is absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, Linda, thank you for emailing me that. I do appreciate your input, and uh, I do take everything that I get to heart, so thank you very much. Um, but with all that being said, I suppose let's go ahead and dive into this case. Um, tonight's episode is about Kathleen Combe, uh, a young lady, 11 years, uh, of age back in 1981, who went for a jog on the afternoon of April 5th and never returned. A uh, little bit of background on Kathleen. She was born October 9th, 1969. Uh, she was from Santa Claus, Indiana. And you heard me correctly. Santa Claus actually is a town in Indiana. Um, you know, hey, it's, it is what it is. But she was... Uh, she went missing on April 5th, 1981, and 11 weeks later, her decomposed body was found. Uh, let's get into a little bit of details of the case. Let me move my pen here and get my two pages of notes, see if we can't, can't crack this case here. Um, so it said on April 5th, 1981... Kathleen Combe, who was the oldest of three children, she actually had two younger brothers. She was the daughter of Rosemary and William Combe, uh, who actually resided in Santa Claus. A um, little bit more background, she was extremely athletic. Uh, she was, at age seven, she was the MVP of her baseball team. Uh, she was on the swim team, played soccer, ran, roller skated, ice skated, and was very involved in music as well. She resided in Christmas Lake Village, which is a gated community down uh, in Santa Claus, Indiana. And I will be honest with you, I actually looked at, I Google Earthed this place, and I'm just going to throw this out there. A heavily tattooed, somewhat educated hillbilly like myself would probably not be welcome there. I'm pretty sure somebody would call some kind of authority figure to remove me immediately if I was down there. It looks like a very nice community. Um, and it being a gated community, there is also a guard on duty 
at least during the day, if not at night as well. I could not confirm nor deny that, but I do know there is a guard uh, where you go to enter this community. Um, Kathleen went for a jog on April 5th, 1981 at roughly 1 p.m. I could not find a specific time when she went for this jog. Um, after a couple hours of not returning home, her family started to get a little bit worried, and uh, they actually searched a little bit, and at about 3 p.m., they called the marshal. Now, there was a 10 to 11 week search that included friends, neighbors, all kinds of cops around the area. Nothing ever turned up. Um, Steven, who actually requested this episode, told me that uh, they actually got out of school for a week uh, down there to help search for the body. And he actually told me a couple little details about that, too, that are kind of suspicious at the end of the day, but we will get to that in uh, the facts section. Um, but on June 11th, uh, her decomposed body was found in a wooded area less than a mile from her home. Uh, Kathleen was roughly six to 700 feet off of the nearest road. Uh, she was hit in the left side of the head with a blunt object. Uh, she was shot in the back of the head with a 22 caliber uh, gun and her body was actually exposed to the elements and decomposed to the point that they could not find out whether or not she had been raped but it is presumed that she was considering her underwear were put into her pocket they were taken off of her body and put into her pocket um, the actual evidence, there really wasn't too much. There were no hairs. There was nothing like that. Um, now you got to remember this is 1981. So, you know, the, ev you know, the DNA thing was just kind of brand new, if not even starting out. Um, the only little piece of evidence that was found on her body was pieces of floor matting from a vehicle, which that evidence actually was collected. Aside from that evidence right there, there really wasn't too much to go on. There were no real clues, not really too many witnesses. Um, we'll get to more of that in the facts, I suppose you could say. Now, given the fact there was not much physical evidence, uh, and it took... 10 to 11 weeks to actually find the body like I said it was uh, decomposed to a pretty bad state it was very open to the elements um, a farmer and his son actually found the body uh, first they found a battered shoe and uh, under some basically debris from the woods they, ended, they eventually found the body not too far from the shoe um, other than that there was no real evidence or anything like that now uh, I was telling you about Stephen who suggested this case he said it was pretty interesting because he remembers it pretty vividly now there was a couple weird things that and I guess we're just gonna roll into the facts section here because you know there's not too much evidence 
like I said, to go on. So let's let's start getting into some facts here. Uh, during the 11-week search, it was found a little bit odd that a ranger from a neighboring city just to the west, called uh, Lincoln City, actually went into the Combe household and tore that place apart looking for clues. Now, why a ranger would be involved in this case might be considered a little bit odd. It might not. Now, I do know DNR. Uh, I'm not sure if rangers are in, you know, DNR or not. Not sure how that works. DNR actually have more jurisdiction than pretty much any regular cop around. I'm not 100% sure if rangers are the same way. Now, there is a lot of state wooded area around here but the body was actually found on private property i can't remember the farmer's name nor is it important um just because i'm not i'm not going to put that information out there it was found on private property so why a ranger would be searching the comb home is kind of odd personally i think uh, another thing that i found really weird which Stephen was uh, telling me, the gentleman who suggested the case, Stephen, he said that when they were let out of school, they were only allowed to search one half of the highway. They were not allowed to go across the highway to search the wooded area over there. Now, he himself said he found that very suspicious at the time. He was actually a senior in high school when this happened, so it's not like he was a... Uh, you know, a third grader sitting around with a bunch of teachers, and they're like, oh, no, everybody hold hands. We're going to go across the street and look for a dead body. It wasn't anything like that. He was a senior, and he actually told me that when they asked to go search that area over there, they were repeatedly denied. They were told by the local authorities that that area had already been searched, and they did not need to go search that area. Well, as it would later turn out, that is exactly where her body was found. So, I do find that a little bit odd. Um, some more facts in this case is that the population of Santa Claus, Indiana, is roughly 2,400 people. I'm not 100% sure if that was a 1981 consensus or a current consensus, but I did get a 2400 number, which it does look like a very small little town. Um, but it is also home to what is now called Holiday World, which is a themed theme park filled with roller coasters and water slides and all that good stuff. At the time, it was uh, actually called Santa Claus Land. Now, Kathleen's body was found on a Sunday, which I do believe Santa Claus Land is open seven days a week. And around April, it, around the time that her body, or that she went missing, I should say, um, the theme park was actually open. Now, this theme park actually gets a lot of people from everywhere. So there's always that possibility that a random person they're on vacation or something of that sort might have snatched her up it was found that kathleen likely died elsewhere and her body was dumped there so she was 
presumably actually kidnapped or abducted is whatever you would like to call it she was not actually murdered where her body was found um but the size of this theme park on any given day the amount of people in this theme park actually dwarfs the size of the town so there are literally thousands of suspects when it comes down to it but the fact that she lived in a gated community kind of cancels that whole theory out which you would actually like i said there is a guard on duty to get into this little subdivision here which like i said is a phenomenal looking place um so the theory about an outsider or somebody just randomly being around at that point in time kind of got shot out the window so what ends up happening is a man when the body is found a a farmer named Jack Harry comes forward and says that a man named Stanton Gash was actually right off of the road near where her body was found and his car was stuck in the mud and this Jack Harry actually helped him get his car unstuck now Jack goes on to say in court documents that Stanton Gash seemed very, very agitated and in, a, and in an extremely big hurry. Jack actually said that when he went to pull his car out, Stanton Gash was not worried at all about damages to the car. He wanted to get the car out as fast as humanly possible. Now another, well, before we even get to that, We'll just say that Stanton Gash is actually, the same day that she was found, Stanton Gash is admitted to the hospital for an alleged uh, drug overdose. And the next day, when he supposedly got out of the hospital, which I'm not 100% sure how they do things down there back in 1981 but obviously we know nowadays if you were admitted to the hospital for a drug overdose you are definitely not released within 24 hours um the next day when stanton gash actually got out of the hospital he had his car steam cleaned including uh his the trunk of his car relined now his friends in court documents would go on to say that he always kept his car extremely clean, so this really was not out of character. Um, so, on June 2nd, after finding this bit of information out, uh, Gash is questioned by the local authorities. And what Gash says is that he was drinking beer, watching some basketball, which there was a playoff game on that day because uh, Kathleen's parents were actually watching the same game as well. Uh, hey, it's Indiana. You know, we, we live basketball. Not even going to lie. But he says that he was... En route from point A to point B, there was no uh, specifics given, and that he uh, had stopped to urinate on the side of the road and had gotten stuck in the mud. 
the actual fact about this is is that where he pulled off to the side of the road was 300 feet off of the road he literally pulled his car 300 feet off to the road into a wooded area and this was actually halfway in between where her body was found and the road his car was found 300 feet off the road her body was actually found i think 682 feet from the road sorry for the uh people on the metric system i did not take the time to do that in uh in metrics so i do apologize for that now like i said jack harry found that kind of odd and that's why when her body was found where it was uh he immediately reported that to authorities now on june 2nd like i had said uh stanton gash was uh questioned by authorities uh he basically didn't really say too much he had told his side of the story but the thing about it is is he was supposed to meet the cops again on june 4th to take a lie detector test and before he could take that lie detector test stanton gash skipped town he uh had actually called his wife from georgia i believe on the day of the third or the fourth i cannot remember specifically uh en route to florida now his wife found that odd he actually did leave a note and this note for uh it did not specify what it was but it basically said that he was sorry and he had to get out of town and leave so stanton gash ends up going to clearwater florida now yeah this is weird but at the time there was no real evidence um there was evidence but it was extremely circumstantial there was no hard evidence um there was the the evidence that was basically collected from stanton gash was a lining from the trunk of his car which we had said had been uh, relined and steam cleaned uh, there was a 22 caliber rifle that was collected as evidence uh, which we do know Kathleen Combe was shot in the back of the head with a 22 caliber rifle as uh, we, they had a ballistics expert see uh, see to that um, but other than that they there was no real evidence to go with there was no hairs on the body there was absolutely nothing like that there was no there was no semen like i said the body was pretty well decomposed because of the because of being exposed to the elements for that 10 to 11 weeks out in that wooded area um so nothing really got done about it to be perfectly honest until about 1985 when the comb family got tired of messing around and waiting for whatever justice wasn't going to happen and they decided to file a civil lawsuit now to be convicted of a wrongful death uh it takes a lot less evidence now the prosecutors never actually wanted to try him 
because all the evidence that was circumstantial, the charges wouldn't stick. And if he ended up getting found not guilty, then they could never go back and try to retry him, apparently. So in 1985, there is a civil trial, and Stanton Gash is actually found guilty of the wrongful death of Kathleen Combe, and he is ordered to pay $5,000 to the family, uh, which, to me, personally, is a slap in the face. Um, that is extremely insulting, and to be perfectly honest with you, the only reason he had to pay that $5,000 is because in Indiana, uh, children are considered property. So that is why he eventually had to pay that $5,000, which he did, uh, and then he returned back to Florida. Now, during this whole trial, uh, there were a lot of a lot of witnesses, including his friends um, and fellow firefighters, because Stanton Gash was a firefighter who actually had a summer home in the same gated community as Kathleen Combe. Now, I find, obviously, that's pretty, you know, I find that that's extremely coincidental, if you want to call it that. But like I said, a lot of the evidence was too circumstantial uh, to actually really bring any kind of conviction. Um, another weird little fact is that in January of 1982, uh, and this is after he had already left, he files for a disability claim uh, to retire. He has two psychiatrists say... Um, that he is suffering from severe depression and it would not be good for him to return to active duty. Uh, as far as I know, he is granted this disability and that is pretty much the end of the case up until late 1999. Uh, a new prosecutor elected down in that area decides to reopen this case and start looking relooking at evidence so on december 6th 1999 uh, authorities go to stanton gash's home down in florida uh, i believe he was 50 years old at the time he was 31 at the time of the supposed you know, I shouldn't say supposed murder. He was 31 at the time of the murder, and he was, uh, from what I recall, he was 50 years old at this time. They went to his house in Florida to collect DNA samples. Now, at this point in time, we did have a lot more technology, um, and they had literally saved everything uh, from that case. So they go to collect the DNA samples, including blood, hair, saliva, and I believe semen as well. Authorities come back to Indiana to start doing some forensic testing. Less than a week after the DNA is collected from Stanton Gash, he commits suicide by drug overdose. Now, there's some that say there's a lot of a lot of weird circumstances considering his death. There was no trauma to the body. There was no 
gunshot wound. He died of a drug overdose. There's not going to be any, uh, you know, trauma to the body, really. There's not going to be a gunshot wound. I'm not... There was actually a huge article about the circumstances surrounding his death, which I found very odd. When they actually get the DNA evidence back, they use... Um, because the DNA evidence from Kathleen Combe was incomplete because of her body being out into the elements for so long, they used her family's DNA to actually complete um, the full package for what they needed to compare DNA evidence. And what comes back is actually very troubling because as it turns out, they could not link stanton gash whatsoever to the crime uh all dna tests were inconclusive they ran it over 20 different times 20 different ways and there was no link to her whatsoever they even collected dna off of his 22 caliber rifle that they had seized back in 1981 and there was nothing there when we start getting into some of the facts of the DNA evidence, there were a lot of arguments saying that because her body was out into the elements for so long that even by today's standards, it would be hard to get any DNA evidence from her, you know, that would be conclusive. The main argument is his DNA evidence was fresh. So they tried to compare his DNA evidence to hers and they could not make a match. So that raises the question, was Stanton Gash guilty or not? Now let's get into a little bit of theories section here, I suppose you could say. Looking at the facts, and looking at the evidence and the very suspicious behavior of Stanton Gash. Now, it should be said that in court during his uh, wrongful death trial, Stanton Gash pleaded the fifth on everything. He did not say any kind of word. He did not testify for himself. He did absolutely nothing. He pleaded the fifth on everything. So, that makes me think... And this is just me just throwing ideas out there. I honestly do think that Stanton Gash was involved in the crime, but I do not think that Stanton Gash acted alone. And why I think this is because of the fact that when search parties are organized for 10 to 11 weeks and there is a body, there this... Kathleen Combe was not murdered where she was found. She was somewhere, and then her body was dumped there. Now, granted, I'm not saying that she was held for two months or whatever um, because of the fact that Stanton Gash's car was stuck in the mud 300 feet from where her body was found because us guys drive our cars into wooded areas 300 feet off of the road to take a piss. I'm not even going to lie. I took a piss on the side of the road like last week. I didn't even, I barely pulled off to the shoulder, okay? 
I live out here in the country. I barely pulled off to the shoulder of the road and just took a piss in the front of my truck. I don't have to I don't have to pull off to the side of the road 300 feet. But the fact that the authorities would not let anybody search across the highway where her body was eventually found almost makes me suspicious that they somebody would have known to let the body decompose to a certain state before it would have been found and to be honest with you if these if the farmer and his son wouldn't have found that shoe uh it's honestly hard telling if her body ever would have been found it was actually hidden under quite a bit of degree uh debris from what i had read uh another thing that strikes me as odd is that the fire department actually granted him disability after he had already left and skipped town and had not been working there for roughly a year now why is that how is that possible he was a full-time firefighter with two houses and i'm not sure how they did stuff in 1981 but nowadays firefighters don't make that much money they don't have two houses let alone a vacation home a summer home whatever you want to call it in a gated community like christmas lake village there is no freaking way now i'm not 100 percent sure what his wife might have done for a living but that just seems a little bit extreme right there i just find that extremely odd why would they let him flee you know what i'm saying he wasn't even really held he was held for a little bit but nothing too major um the note that he left before he took off apologizing for some unspecified deed that he had done uh should have been i don't want to say the smoking gun but that should have been enough to at least hold him uh the fact that he and i can't say the fact that he owned a 22 caliber rifle because literally almost every single person i know in indiana owns a 22 caliber rifle that's just plain facts we hunt up here that's how we roll um i don't find that odd but the fact that he was admitted to the hospital the day her body was found for a drug overdose would suggest an attempted suicide and that would also suggest some kind of guilt now another fun fact well i shouldn't say fun fact I don't want to make light of this case. But another interesting fact is just how. How how was he able to leave and the fire department still pay him while he's gone for mental disability and he just he just skipped town. You know what I'm saying? Um, there have actually been a few people, from what I understand, that have tried to bring this back to light, but they were actually advised against it. Now, from what I understand, half the community still remembers this crime, and they always still wonder, you know, what happened. But everybody that is local is extremely confident in the fact that Stanton Gash was guilty. 
especially since a day or less than a week after they go to collect DNA samples from him, he commits suicide. Now, granted, I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure of the circumstances of the drug overdose, whether it was pills or heroin or, you know, some kind of needle, whatever it might have been, cocaine, who knows. Maybe somebody else was involved to the point where they were trying to protect themselves and Stanton Gash at the same time. Maybe this person was still a community figure or a public figure in the community, something like that. Let's say somebody involved in the police force is involved in the abduction and the murder of a young girl with their buddy who just happens to be a firefighter. Now let's say Stanton Gash is told to leave town and the charges would not stick, therefore he would be allowed to leave, just don't come back. After the DNA samples are collected, if Stanton Gash is found connected to that crime, if I was the person involved with him, my ass would be down in Florida and I would be making sure that he was not going to say a single word. That would probably include um, murdering him and the fact that to make it look like a drug overdose or going down there, putting a gun to his head and say, hey man, either you do it or I'm going to do it. Because in all honesty, there were some pretty weird circumstances around his death. But in every single thing that I read, there are no specifics given. There's literally no specifics given on his death, even though they say it happened under some pretty mysterious circumstances. I do find that also odd. I know this is a little bit shorter episode, and like I said, we were limited on some evidence. Um, but at the end of the day, I would like to think that Stanton Gash did not act alone. I do think he was involved. Uh, I mean, obviously he was a participant because of the way he acted on the day her body was found, on the day she went missing, on the day she went missing, his car was stuck in the mud 300 feet off the road, and 300 more feet was her body. That does not make sense. He also had a house in that same gated community. But the fact that he knew the charges were not going to stick because all the evidence was circumstantial and he was allowed to leave it honestly makes me believe that somebody else of a higher authority if not a cop would possibly be involved also saying that the fact that most of the entire high school was not allowed to check across the highway where her body was eventually found and they were told that by cops they said we have already searched over there you guys don't need to go over there i find that extremely suspicious and as we've known from a couple of uh you know my previous episodes not all cops are innocent but not all cops are guilty 
You know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. They're humans just like everybody else. Some of them are pretty upstanding people. Some of them are uh, pieces of shit who just like harassing people. You know, it is what it is. There are some that believe they are above the law. And there are some that are there to protect and serve and, you know, help the community. You know, it's a 50-50 shot at the end of the day. But with that being said, that is my personal opinion on the events surrounding the death of Kathleen Combe. Um, Your opinions are always welcome. I love hearing about them in the group, which is extremely active. I love hearing about them on the Facebook page. All that good stuff. Um, And speaking of the group and Facebook page, I know some of you probably saw that we have started a GoFundMe page. And this was actually started by a listener named Tanya from Arkansas. What this is is not anybody begging for money. This is a fundraiser. We are trying to get a sponsorship on a NASCAR. Tanya is a huge NASCAR fan, and she would think it would be really cool to get a uh, sponsorship through Donate Life and Joey Gase Racing. Now, the sponsorship is actually fairly cheap, but we are trying to raise $2,000. Now, what this $2,000 is for is for pit passes, and these pit passes will not go to me or to her. I gotta admit, I'm not a huge racing fan. I, If I wanted to watch cars drive in a circle, you know, I could do that shit in my driveway. But this is for an extremely great cause. Because for those of you who do not know Tanya's story, you should really go check it out in the comments of that post. Because she is an unbelievably strong woman. And Donate Life is such a great cause. And what we want to do is when we receive these uh, pit passes... We are going to award them to some lucky younger individuals who are in need of organ transplants. Um, Organ donor lists are very long, and some of these people, you know, when you get down to the real brass tacks of it, everybody, you know, not everybody is lucky enough to make it to tomorrow. So... It's for an extremely good cause. Anything that you would like to donate to the show, please donate to the GoFundMe page. Like I said, you can find the links on the Facebook page and in the group. If you would like to donate to the show, that is fine. as a monthly recurring fee. Um, I am at patreon.com slash mysterious circumstances. Um, for those of you who do donate, when I start doing premium content, you will receive those episodes for free. Um, But if you are going to donate as of right now, please donate to the Donate Life GoFundMe page because that is for such a good cause. Um, My own money will uh, eventually be going in there. We're going to be running this donation thing for quite a while. So, um, you know, probably till about, you know, late spring. You know, with that being said, you guys can all follow me on Instagram. Just type in my name, hit the follow button. I post all kinds of stuff. Some sad, some happy, some funny, some selfies. I am not above selfies. Come join the group. Uh, By the way, the group, what I'm going to start doing in the group is I'm going to start posting a poll. I'm going to throw five episodes in there after I record a new episode every week. And you guys will get to choose next week's episode. Now you will only have 48 hours to vote, so make sure you get in there and do that. Because now that I do a podcast every week, I have limited time for research. And it is what it is. Uh, With that being said, 
Until next week, I will see you fine folks on the flip side.